0: Queen ten. Yeah, leave you with a queen ten and the win. Called the race with a. He called the race with queen
1: ten, honey. I know, honey. He's some online guy.
0: And that What's up, everyone? Welcome to Above the Meta. I am Adam Levy, aka Ruthless. That's what they know me as on the online poker streets. And then we have Patrick Darmody here. I said it right, Darmody or Darmoody? That's right. You got the first time. Nice. All right. Well, we this is uh, this kind of just materialized out of nowhere. Or you know, like he's been a gamer for a long time. I've been a gamer for a while, and uh, he made a joke. Said, and we said, said something about above the meta. You got to stay above the meta game, you know? You always got to stay one step ahead. And we were like, we, and then I fired back, like, hey, we should turn that into a podcast. That's a great name for an esports podcast. And now here we are recording our first episode, maybe uh, two three weeks later. I mean,
1: yeah. So I think, Adam, you're underselling the origin stories here. So if I remember correctly, you were uh, entering in a magic tournament playing a hipster red deck. And uh, you talked about how you're at the mercy of an underpowered deck, but I said way to stay above, above the meta and true to your Echo Park. <laughs> here we yes. are.
0: There you go. Yes. And uh, did not fare well in that tournament, but that's okay because I love Magic. <laughs> it's a yeah. great game.
1: Have you played in any tournament since?
0: Uh, just, on, just online here and there. So they actually, funny enough, Magic's one had done a pretty good job of going online as well, like many of the other, uh, you know, games that they have a 25K every two weeks where you qualify for it. It's kind of easy to qualify for it. And then it's like 500,000 people playing for 25. I think first is probably four or five grand. So, yeah.
1: Well, I got to get dust off the old cards.
0: Yeah. And uh, so what, what have you been uh, up to since, do you know, yeah. I mean, COVID happened. I've been quarantining pretty hardcore since early March. And uh, what have what have you been doing?
1: Yeah, so to to for posterity here. So it's April eighteenth at time of recording. We just hit. I'm based in San Francisco. Uh, a month and two days in quarantine. So perfect timing for us. We got uh, Call of Duty Warzone hit the uh, PS Plus right around the start of that. So that's an incredibly engaging product. I've been playing quite a bit of war zone uh also i've been kind of getting back to more of the old school online stuff i'm playing uh poker and chess and backgammon with my elderly roommates and uncles so games continue to be uh, the great connector in my life uh what about you it looks like you said you've been playing some sports games as well
0: yeah i mean i've been playing honestly it's a lot of magic maybe too much magic. FIFA, Rocket League, and Madden. I actually had two people, two friends hit me up within a day of each other saying, oh, I just downloaded Rocket League. It's so freaking hard. (laughs) And like one I grind with all the time now, and he's actually gotten pretty good. And I think it was, it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of like athletes out there who now can't really do many they can't go to the gym they can't really go hiking they can't do a lot of these things they can't play basketball and they just started being like well Rocket League seems like a good game to kind of you know get that you know like the, 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 uh, the competitive drive out I guess and that's what's been going on.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely seems to be one of the big winners of, uh, of coronavirus quarantine 2020. Uh, my group of friends, they're all from St. Louis. They've been friends since, like, second grade. I think they've talked more since quarantine and specifically about Rocket League. They all got into it just to kind of game together. Have you uh, played? Yeah, i played a bit. I'm, I'm pretty terrible. I know you were running some tournaments in L.A. Are you guys trying to take any of those online? uh well i i that was
0: more of like a foray into rocket league just or into throwing events and i because i happened to love rocket league and i thought it was going to be you know the next big thing and it was really cool it was i i randomly had like some of the casters now that go on uh that are on twitch they came out for a couple of tournaments but i kind of put the kibosh in that for a bit because I realized I was kind of out of my – over in over my head it was starting to happen. There were a lot of people coming. Like I I learned a lot of stuff, you know, and and I kind of stopped doing that. But uh, I know that one of the guys who actually did come, he organized a tournament last week uh,
1: online. So that's been great. But, yeah. So have you you been playing any of those tournaments or just kind of observing?
0: No, Rocket League is one of those things where I get to play with my homies and I get to look like I'm a fucking god. And then you hop online and you try, or you play with those guys, and they will make you look like ten times worse than your homies were. You know, like start, like it, it's crazy the skill, the skill uh, cap in Rocket League. The things that I do are really, honestly, sick for my own skill set or, but then that's just normal. It's a normal, you know, me doing some aerial where I flip around, climb the wall, jump off of it, flip around and then bang the ball in, is like something that's so hard for me to do and that's just an average goal for these people. So it's like, yeah, it'll be fun to do a tournament, but I'm just gonna get absolutely wrecked.
1: I mean, as Meek Mill said, uh, or Meek Mill, there's levels to this shit, right? So as long as you're, you're dominating your local meta, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, you remember, you remember what, I mean, I, I would think that there, there are not too many people, or I'd say my age. You're, I think you're a bit younger than me, maybe six years or something. I'm 37. But growing up, if I was good versus my friends, I was the best player. Like, at all. I knew I felt like I could beat anyone. But now if you're a 12-year-old and you just play, you're not playing with your friends. You're playing online. You know, yeah. it's like that player pool is massive. So it's kind of like that. I just keep it within my, uh, with, with my homies. We stay in like silver, maybe a little gold. We don't really go on beyond like too high on the levels. No diamond or platinum or whatever. I'm sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure you understand what I'm saying because I feel like all the, all the games have something like that.
1: Yeah, I always I totally know what you mean. I don't think there's a lot of value unless you're going to the pro level and getting extremely deep into one game, um unless you just really love that game. I think being able to come in and dominate a bunch of different games like you obviously do poker, magic, Rocket League, a couple of others. That's fun, right? Being able to jump into any game and just kind of have a good time, pick it up and crush low-level competition. I think that's the secret to gaming happiness at least from my perspective.
0: Yeah, it ends up whenever I really try So I think with magic specifically, I end up like I'm, I'm I'm very good to a point. And then there's a certain point where I, I don't know if it's my ADD or the way that my brain thinks or whatever it is, there'll be one minute detail that I forgot to factor in, in the entire situation after I was thinking about it for three minutes. And then that'll be the thing that I forgot that somehow blows up my entire game and it's like that i think just on some games there's just uh like there's a plateau that you just reach and yeah if you're just like a naturally good like like gamer you kind of understand like game theory to some extent you can get a certain point it's kind of why uh, a lot of people bailed out of poker i think uh years ago because they just realized all right we made some money it's getting tougher now I'm going to have to put some serious work in if i want to you know actually make money at it.
1: Yeah. That's always interesting. Like what it takes to go from like the best of your friends to like the best of like a certain tier to like professional and swimming with the big fishes. Right. Like, cause the, the way you get better at those levels is like just grinding out these little percentage improvements, like you're talking about. And you got to just really, there's gotta be really serious money, like with poker or a real love of the game behind that. Or, uh, it's, just, it's hard to, hard to move forward. I've found.
0: Yeah. I, I've been playing a lot more poker than ever, actually. So Really?
1: So uh, I was going to ask you, like, what's been the the best gaming moment of your quarantine? I know we're both playing a lot more games than probably normal. Is there anything that stands out? Any hands you won or anything?
0: Uh, man, there was a I, – I feel like some of the best moments were Rocket League or something. Yeah. Like, because like, you're playing with – I'm playing with my friend now, and we just were – you know, I, I just think Rocket League is – That's why I started throwing those tournaments or running those nights because I just thought it's it's one of the sickest games I've ever played. And it's just so intense when you do something because you're like, like poker is weird because let's say that I win an all-in. It's not indicative of my skill. There might be some sick moments where, whoa, that was a filthy call or something. And that's fun. But you don't, you're not winning anything. It's not like I made a call. To win the tournament, you know, like it normally is just you're you, you just win a coin flip and you won the tournament or something towards the end. But in Rocket League, not only when you're making that goal, it is pure skill a lot of times. Like like the filth that you're doing is like be, either because of your teammate or whatever. So yeah, I feel like Rocket League just yeah, I love it.
1: Well, i got to look at your Twitch, see if you got any clips for me, uh, (laughs) because I've been watching some insane Rocket League finishes. I mean, just like the ESPN eSports account has just been tweeting out banger after banger, like that uh, 2-4 come from behind with three seconds to go in game seven, Uh, I think last year's. Did you see that one? No. I'll send that to you. It's like the most insane thing. I mean, there's three seconds, and they win down two. It's wild. I had I actually
0: was at the it's called the RLCS and I was at the Rocket League Championship Series in uh, I think it was in LA at the will at the will turn which is pretty sure. sick uh, I think that was 2017 or 18 and I got a bunch of videos like that where it was one one game five zero seconds yeah. left and someone you know I I don't know Rocket League just I actually think that it, it is one of the best most like the the, easy, the most user, not user-friendly, viewer-friendly uh, eSport.
1: Yeah, so mm-hmm. that gets to something I wanted to talk to you about uh, kind of today, which is with COVID and everybody kind of like initial focus being so great right now on consuming eSports because there's no real sports. What do you think is the real winner from uh, a streaming perspective? We're obviously going to talk about Valorant, but – of games that existed prior to this, like, do you think Rocket League? This is my sense is is the number one game now that people are finding enjoyable to watch. Well,
0: I think Rocket League's taken a uh, definitely had a, a boost, uh, and I think Animal Crossing's been <laughs> crushing. To be honest, you know, the, but I, I think Animal Crossing was going to crush regardless, and I would say, I mean. League of Legends seems like it's been kind of – I don't – it seems like it's just been kind of, you know, kind of fine. Yeah. Counter-Strike, don't really know. I'd say it's probably, you know, Yeah, Fortnite. I mean, I think Warzone has to have been like a pretty good boost because that's the game that just came out. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden, all right, not only did it come out, now we have, like you said, so much time on your hands. I think everything's taking a boost, to be honest. It just has to be, you know, yeah. more time.
1: That's true. I mean, I think from kind of my normie friends, so to speak, Rocket League is by far the number one. Uh, a lot of them haven't gotten into Warzone, but from what I've observed, like the, the gaming community, Warzone is just a highlight reel factory as well. It's pretty fun to watch too.
0: Well, I think there's an interesting thing with, you know, like you said, normies, <laughs> the, not like a normal gamer. If you look at League of Legends or you look at uh, – even with Fortnite, you're like, this is cool. I don't really know. I, I kind of know what's going on with Fortnite, but it's also really hard for me to shoot people. And and then League of Legends is like I can watch this for a while. I don't really know what's going on exactly until I put hundreds of hours in there. Rocket League, you immediately know.
1: Yeah. Cause it's soccer and, with, with cars, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Warzone, you 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 at least like yeah, it's like Fortnite, but you know kind of like, it seems so much more real because it's military and, and dealing with all these things that are, are at least like, like uh, the, yeah, I mean, you could be in the military and probably immediately be able to pick up Warzone and, and kind of understand what's going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other good thing from Warzone, from my perspective, so you mentioned our ages earlier, I was in college when Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2 were like the thing, right? So I played those games. I never owned a system, but I played those games in college quite a bit. Now the timing is perfect. That it's essentially the same game, except instead of fighting ten people, you're fighting one hundred and forty-five others, or whatever it is. Um, so there is that kind of pattern recognition that you're talking about. It's a concept I'm familiar with from a different part of my life. Now applied to like the perfect game for the time. So well, that's also
0: another thing. It's been there for a long yeah, time. You know, it's it's, not,
1: it, yeah, yeah, it's,
0: it's like a very Madden refined concept. concept. You just play these things over and over. It's the same thing over and over. But yeah that's that's what's crazy about rocket league actually is it? it's just all it it doesn't really change it hasn't changed since it's been released aside from think there's a ball there are cars you have boost that's really all there is maybe the 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 course has changed a little bit but that's just it's like yeah simple in so this its own is brain.
1: this is something that you and i were talking about before we uh started recording about kind of what makes this a successful and enduring esport and i brought up uh counter essentially the same game for the past 10 to 15 years. And you're saying Rocket League might be benefiting from some of the same kind of stability and the ability to just like have the game be the game and not rely on kind of gimmicks and sort of switches. Well, in. I think
0: that's also something you can say about magic. Yeah. Like, like if you look at Hearthstone, Ugh. they failed with World of Warcraft. No, sorry. Hearthstone didn't fail. I'm not trying to dog on Hearthstone. Okay. I, mean, I mean, Blizzard failed initially with World of Warcraft um uh sorry the card game there we go the world of warcraft card game did you ever play it cuz I, ne- I never did i never really cared about it whatever but that was a test run for hearthstone the way that they, because magic was such a good freaking game and it has stood the test of time the way that hearthstone or blizzard was going to get at them was look at how magic was like what magic wasn't doing and what magic wasn't doing was they had a shit digital product, uh product they weren't mobile And that's how Hearthstone capitalized. Now Hearthstone is in its own right. It's like, you know, it's got different things beyond magic. But it was, you know, so that's kind of, and I guess to some extent, Valorant is kind of like the equivalent of Hearthstone to magic as uh, Valorant is to Counter-Strike.
1: Well, to to stay on the magic versus Hearthstone point, another thing that was interesting about, I don't know if you remember this, when magic tried to go digital the first time, is they kept trying to rely on the physical card purchase, right? So you could buy the physical cards at first and then make them digital within their little ecosystem. And that was how the game was populated with cards initially, from what I remember. Yeah. You had to like buy digital only cards. Uh, and they were kind of like tethered to the physical world because of that. Whereas, as you're saying, Hearthstone stripped all that away and went pure kind of digital and mobile. Again. You
0: can't collect them either. There's no, yeah. you know, no there's trading. No, no secondary uh, economy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's get into this. So uh, tell me a little bit about your your magic. What 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 kind of decks are popular now? Because I haven't been playing uh, in a long time, but I'm just I'm interested. What's the game look like now? You mentioned it's the same core game, but what's the, uh, well uh,
0: well well. I mean, they have planeswalkers. Uh, the new set, Ikoria, um, is actually pretty cool because basically there are these cards that you can like put on top of each other, and then they like m- it's called mutate. So, it's like, let's say you have a 3 3 and you have another, you have a 6 6. If you, but they have different abilities, if you mutate it, it'll like become a 6 6 and then take on both the abilities. Let's say the 3 3 is a flyer and the 6 6 is like a first striker. If you mutate it, it'll then be a 6 Fly. 6 flying first striker. So, like, and they're on top of each other. So I haven't played that physically yet, but online it's been pretty cool. And then there's uh, like, you know,
1: Hearthstone did that like three expansions ago with Magnetize.
0: Oh, there you go. I don't know. They're just uh, going, you know, Yeah. Hearthstone magic going back and forth now.
1: Yeah. Don't uh, step on my, uh, my, my mech paladin from, I can't remember what expansion that was, ago. It was a while ago, but it's a cool mechanic. Uh,
0: yeah. Funny thing- enough, uh, oh. sorry, I was just going to say funny enough, mono red is still big is it yeah it's always like it's just like always gonna be good at some point every few years it'll just come around because it's just consistently like they'll just print stuff that's just like oh this makes this deck broken
1: yeah is there still like lightning bolt and kind of the super cheap uh, there's always
0: going to be stuff like that yeah maybe not in the the, it's actual lightning bolt form but something very close to that you know
1: so when I was a tournament player, when I was in middle school and beginning of high school, uh, I would always try to make these super, like, controlly, you know, white-blue, bounce, Wrath of God kind of style decks. Never had success. And then whenever I would play something like Mono Red, where it just, like, turn my brain off and nuke somebody, I would always do very well. That was my frustration with Magic, because I felt like I was not smart enough to do the fun stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that is fair. I get that. Uh the fun stuff is where because you have infinite possibilities, whereas like all you're really doing with Mana Red is turning, you know, your creatures sideways and attacking. So yeah. but I mean if what sometimes it's like whatever works works, but I get what you're saying because I like doing the fun stuff.
1: Yeah, me too. So what's the what's the coolest deck right now? Maybe not the most meta, but what's the what's the hipster Adam Levy deck right now?
0: Oh uh I mean Probably there's this like I think it's blue, white, and green. And there's like uh just like it makes it makes a bunch of mana and then you attack with uh like these land creatures. <laughs> like and there's this card that just like it basically is like you doubles your land uh you like mana flare or whatever. So right. it's like every mana you tap, it's now for forest, it's two forests, and it's a planeswalker, and then you just untap. Will make a three-three vigilance haste uh, land creature, and then those guys can also tap for two green. It's a stupid card.
1: Oh, I love that! It's like total snowball, though. If you don't get stopped, you're just you know crushing. It. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean the new set came out, so we're gonna see you know things change very quickly. I've already seen some infinite combo decks. Uh, don't really, you know, things change fast. So yeah. we'll probably know next week or a week or two.
1: So how's uh how's coronavirus going to affect the tournament scene cuz a lot of those tournaments are still in person, right? Uh
0: yeah, they've all been canceled up until uh like I don't know, whenever. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, they're just they just went online. So now there's those yeah, everyone just plays uh for some cash every couple of weeks. And so I- it's been good actually.
1: Yeah, I was going to actually ask you about this because I don't know if you saw that uh, that piece about chess, right? Like the granddaddy of them all is now an e-sport due to coronavirus because they had to cancel all the tournaments, so now they are all online. Yeah. So there's this big thing in the chess community about, like, is the online game the same as the physical game? So I was going to ask you, is, is Magic kind of facing the same challenges right now?
0: I'd say it's kind of like poker in that you – may get some tells from people occasionally you know you can just look up at someone's face and just be like oh he doesn't have it or <laughs> he does you know
1: yeah, yeah
0: but for the most part uh it's the same game there's there's not much of a difference occasionally even online you can pick up on some after a while you can pick up on some tells but the very minute things it's generally just the same if you're it's not like you know you, you can't just be good at on like live magic and then not be good at live or online magic
1: because this is always the knock on you right was that you were a an online poker player well well that's that's
0: different i do think i do believe online poker is different uh, because there's more psychology because people are you're it's not in magic you're not playing for infinite amount of money all the time you know you, you didn't buy into the tournament so already you bought into the tournament for poker and then once you get down there, it's like you're just basically in this simulation with like 20 people you don't know for like buying from but but magic. You know, honestly, maybe if magic had that high buy-in, you know, I don't know what it's like. I've never played in a League of Legends tournament for millions of dollars or something, but I I could, you know, I could. The thing is, is that they didn't pay for it. They got into it for free, but once you pay for it, you're like emotionally tied to this money. And it's really hard to separate, you know, compartmentalize that for most people. And that's where you pick up on a lot of things for poker.
1: Really? Well, I imagine there's quite a few other differences between poker and magic, but you think that's the biggest thing is the emotional attachment you might have to an outcome because of the money you put to enter the tournament?
0: Yeah, think about it. If you, if poker didn't have any money, like when the when there's no money tied to poker no one cares it's not even a good game like it's fun you know it's not really interesting like i'd rather be playing so many i'd rather be learning a new game like league of legends where i'm absolutely terrible at it than playing poker but once you put poker the money on it and and then then there becomes all these layers to think about you know you know what's going on the thought process how to play these hands and stuff it becomes extremely interesting it's poker itself, sorry, poker is very complex and a fun game, but I just think that the money—if you just had money—if it was ten thousand dollars to buy into a League of Legends tournament, and that's your rent money or something—that could change.
1: change. Yeah, so this is actually what I wanted to segue to. It's all always very interesting to hear about your your tournament poker experience, but um, the burgeoning gambling on esports scene. So we saw that the daily fantasy sites are now having esports as a gambling event, right? So it's, yeah. it's pretty natural to assume that the next step is, you know, peer-to-peer gambling or something like that on, say, a League of Legends tournament. So could you see something like that working where it's the poker model of now you are actually very invested in the outcome because you're putting money up front and there's the whole tournament aspect. Could you see that being as engaging as a poker tournament?
0: Uh, I feel like there's been some – I could definitely see it being engaging but the problem with League of Legends compared to poker is the skill el- or the luck element. So if I play League of Legends, I'm going to lose. If, I play, if you're playing poker for the first time, like if I'm playing League of Legends for the first time, I'm going to lose. If you're playing poker for the first time, you could feasibly win like a small tournament or something. You know, like you're probably not going to, but yeah. you could have the, the, the luck is so... Like, it's just very hard to see, like I said earlier, when you win a tournament, you don't know if it was because you got lucky or because you played incredibly well. It was probably a mixture of both, most likely. Yeah. Uh, But that's the beauty of it. Whereas League of Legends, if you won a tournament, you played pretty freaking well. Well, not like there was much luck. Yeah.
1: So let's take a step down from like a super complex game like League of Legends and go to like Magic, right? So Magic, there is a luck element or Hearthstone, which is like you know if Magic huffed uh, paint behind the Seven Eleven for a couple of hours.
0: Yeah, like any any card game, exactly, uh, right? Like has that.
1: So do you think that the the online or sorry the poker tournament experience could be replicated with any game other than poker, where it's like that high stakes, that much sweat? Well, I think they
0: kind of did that with a DFS to some extent, where there would just be like buy-ins and you know, you just, but the thing you, I agree. Yes. I think maybe the problem is, is that you need the, the luck element needs to be in there on some level always or else, because when you know that someone like, so if I know a hundred percent, versus maybe there's a chance that i, I can be good at this or, or the only way for me to sorry I'm, there's just so many things i want to want to say regarding this but basically it's you, you just don't want to get kind of uh it's cloudy whether you can actually win at poker or not and that that's the thing sorry i kind of like got distracted you can Maybe we should edit this out or something. But, so
1: even what you're saying is even if you're a pro player, there's always that, you know, back of your head ambiguity of, am I winning because I'm good or am I winning because I'm lucky? And that changes, it sounds like, pretty frequently, if I'm understanding you it correctly.
0: It's hard to unequivocally know. You could yeah. play a thousand tournament, thousands of poker tournaments. It's hard to completely know where you stand. Yeah. And so that's, that's the beauty of it.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and that's kind of what I was looking at. This these daily fantasy esports things. It esports does seem like a lot of the times the better team wins, right? And it's not like poker where there are people that win multiple, you know, world series of pokers and that sort of thing. But there is a wide degree of variance due to the luck factor you're pointing out. So, what, yeah. do, you, what do you think the future of gambling and esports looks like?
0: I think that that cor- Corona COVID has really made it even closer. <laughs> uh funny you say that because there was an article that came up uh earlier this week saying that the ngcb which is i guess the nevada gaming council or commission whatever um they're gonna offer bets on league of legends and overwatch and i think they've already offered uh on, Na- on nascar or like like one of the e or like the e i forget what it's called i-racing yeah I racing. yeah so they also it, it, it's really funny because funny you say that because the whole industry for sports and gambling has come to a screeching halt and they're looking for ways to to you know make some sort of rake from the sports bet that can't be bet anymore yeah. and i think what happened was they had to accelerate now esports i think was always going to be a like was always going to be involved with sports books and betting and gambling. And then actually, if you like valve, I think you can bet like massive on steam. You can bet massive amounts of, uh, I don't, I don't know, skins or something, but regardless, my point is, is that it was always going to happen, but it wasn't going to happen in 2020. It was going to happen maybe in 2023 or something, you know, down the road. But now this has accelerated that. And it's actually been—it's probably going to be an incredibly good thing in the long, in the long run for DraftKings, for like the sports books, for whoever. Just because now they have—they're—they're they're working on this thing that they should have worked on. Like sports is going to come back. I know this is a long answer, but I just feel very strongly that sports is going to come back. People are going to bet. Everyone's a degenerate. They like watching their money work. They like they go, but. Esports. Now that when when cu- corona- the, the quarantine is over, they're just going to be having that ecosystem up and ready and running already, to go.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I mean, like to your point about there always being an appetite for gambling. I remember as soon as kind of the major sports leagues were canceled, I started seeing uh, people betting on like marble races, where people would go out in their backyards and dig you could put marble they would put marbles in and you could buy a marble for ten dollars it was like the most degenerate thing you could possibly get i did
0: from. that growing up i didn't bet on it but i like would bet i would like you know pick the winner yeah you know of the marble races
1: oh yeah but that's what people were broadcasting that on twitch you could it was like <laughs> a whole peer-to-peer betting market that is like it popped up almost overnight i remember very early into the major sports leagues getting canceled that came up so to your point about there being an appetite a, you know, innate human appetite to gamble. I think that's definitely true. We've seen that. My question is, what does it look like to your point when sports comes back? Do you think there's still appetite to bet on esports from people who, let's say, are not esports players themselves?
0: Thousand percent. Like, really? Yeah. so I'm gonna kind of t- just talk about. So the very first event that I ran and when i like before i started doing the rocket league stuff i made it i did it as an experiment i was i said hey there's a dota major coming up We're i found a bar to just get it up on the screen we streamed a twitch uh account that just had dota going on at night and no one came to it like maybe a couple of like my like friends i got them to come one i was like oh god you came to this i just like now you're like there's no one here crap whatever but there was someone that that was just kind of a random person that walked in and was he looked like he may have been from midwest or the south he was in like a button down he was probably 35 probably getting off of work on like in la for some trip some business thing and he just started watching Dota, and he was like, I don't know what is going on, but I freaking love it. And to, to your point, I kind of just think that once this is – it's not going to go away. Now that, you know, there's been a lot of these draft, DraftKings pros, the DFS pros, who are playing League of Legends uh, DFS now and there's like 100k prize pools weekly every week you know rocket league is is on uh, you can do dfs as well and it's it i just think it's really only enhancing uh D like or not an, yeah it's really going to be long term great for everyone
1: interesting i uh I, i'm bullish too like i think it could be very interesting to see how this as you said got pulled forward from from a couple of years in the future, wherever I thought it was going to live, and now it's here. We'll see. I haven't actually checked out any of these uh, DFS things yet. I think I would feel very uncomfortable betting on league because I have no idea what's going on in the league. But Counter Strike, I could probably make some money.
0: Check yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think kind of the big topic we want to talk to, about today is is obviously Valorant, which is sort of the de jour news in the in the gaming community. So, just quick question: How much have you checked out Valorant?
0: I've been trying to get uh, a key. I don't even, I'm not even a shooter. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't play shoot. I'm, I have never won in Fortnite. I, I don't know. I've killed a few people, maybe. Yeah. Apex, I was miserable. Played GoldenEye 64, maybe. That was the only shooter game that I, I really liked. Well, the good but, news
1: is it's like nothing of those games. So that's...
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you're shooting stuff, <laughs> I guess.
1: There is that commonality. Oh. Yes, um, yeah, you're
0: talking to a uh, uh, a fish in these games. I would I would be clueless, but I still wanted to try it. I tried Overwatch. I thought it was like kind of not bad, and uh, it seems similar to. It seems like a cross between Overwatch and Counter Strike.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that's very true. So Valorant, when I saw it announced, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Because the trend in uh, gaming of taking something that's working and layering something else that's working on top of it to create a new thing that people like is like a pretty well-trodden path. I'll point to Apex Legends. So they took PUBG, which people loved, and then Overwatch and classes and just put them on top of each other. There you go. So the tactical shooter being kind of the next logical landing zone for for that methodology makes a lot of sense you watch any of the tournaments yet
0: no but i've been watching summit or you know some of the streamers also because i wanted to get a a drop drop. to get one of the the beta keys but uh yeah i mean it's just been it's been everywhere you know if you turn on twitch it's i think the yeah it was 1.7 million concurrent viewers upon its beta release which is unreal and even a week and a half later it's still like 700k and the closest game is 150 200k yeah
1: it's not even out yet either
0: yeah so i mean maybe you know that's how it was with apex which i i assume people were paid you know there's always people like streamers that get paid to then play these games uh but i mean i think the hype is completely real for this specific game
1: so i don't disagree but let me ask you do you think it has legs do you think it has staying power uh
0: i mean i think mm, yes I, I would say yes because look at counter-strike and and overwatch has done reasonably well they have an overall i think they had overwatch 2 coming out or something mm-hmm. and i mean I, w- I would hope that it has staying power. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it,
1: go it's ahead. Inter- it's interesting to me because if you look at uh, what's super popular in terms of, like, shooters right now, it's the Battle Royale. It's a bunch of people getting a mat- in a, you know hit each other, and then there's one guy left, and it takes 20 minutes, and it's, like, fueled by Adderall the entire time. Valorant is, like, a tactical thing. It's much slower paced. It's more methodical. Do you think the kids that are used to getting in Fortnite and riding around on a ATV and shooting each other are going to find this as compelling?
0: I don't think they care. <laughs> the or sorry, I don't think Valorant cares about those. That's not necessarily their clientele. I think uh, Fortnite, and uh, I don't know if it was a plan to gear towards kids. 12, 13-year-old kids who just want to floss all day until the dance is completely, uh, you know, my eyes bleed whenever I see, some, like, a kid doing it now. I just, yeah. like, can't. But uh, I don't think Valorant is gearing towards, you know, I think this is, like, a hardcore... They're trying to compete with Counter-Strike, yeah. you know, and, and that's the hardcore gamer. Those are the, you know, the they're looking for good shooters, and i i think that they should have no problem doing that it seems like it's a better it's a counter-strike with better graphics
1: right now yeah i, I mean definitely i don't know if it's better, better. Graphics. um i mean also the class-based system seems like it gives it a little bit more depth right there's a little bit more to do than just plant bomb shoot person in the head you can also heal people and things but um yeah, Spe-
0: yeah sorry sure. i was just gonna say uh you you kind of uh touched upon that apparently valorant is going out of their way to like to not make then there's not bombs i think they're they're called spikes, spikes. instead or yeah. they're 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 trying to make it more palatable to sponsors apparently with uh, what i read was in a buying or in prize pools over ten thousand dollars valorant will not have blood in it so when you kill someone there will be no blood because they just want sponsor it to be as you know yeah welcoming to put prospective sponsors in the future
1: yeah i mean i think it's a really smart business plan uh or business kind of angle there Another super smart business thing we'll talk about is, you know, they immediately got some coverage with ESPN. Uh, the news today was that April 20th through the 22nd, there's going to be a tournament of seven games sponsored by Valorant with the kind of um, quotations being that there will be Valorant content on ESPN or at least their ESPN Twitch channel. So they're That's kind of just going so sick. Yeah. They're going it. esports right from the beginning. So So what do you think about this strategy? Do you think the eSports kind of tournament, you know, sponsor-friendly strategy of a game versus something like, let's say, uh, PUBG, Fortnite, Warzone, where it's just kind of more, you know, less competitive mindset. What what one do you think is a more enduring property, or do you think there's room for both to exist? I mean, there's definitely
0: room for both to exist. I think everyone said Fortnite was not going to be a – an uh, eSport, and i'd say that the first tournament where that dude was like bugger or whatever he took home two million dollars yeah. uh winning uh the, the Fortnite world cup i'd say you know there was a lot of viewership for that and i believe i just think that as long as the game is uh People like to watch it that you can turn anything into an e-sport, uh except for overwatch i am just joking, but overwatch hurts my head whenever I watch it. The camera they move back and forth like my eyes start hurting because it moves so fast i don 't know if that and i've heard other people have mentioned that
1: yeah that 's true. overwatch is a tough one for me too because it's just so like cartoony and particle yeah and yeah it's not not my aesthetic, but the game is pretty fun so let 's go back to this uh well, one more thing though. Fortnite was wild to me because I found out about Fortnite mostly because Marshmallow, the DJ, was in a tournament. <laughs> in Ninja, if you remember that. Yeah. That was wild. And then he did a, a you know, a concert in Fortnite, Marshmallow did. So wild to me. That had like fifty-four million people in it or something insane or fifty-four million. It's awesome. People. Yeah. So let's get back to this Valorant uh, tournament. Setting aside Valorant for right now. So they list Counter Strike, Fortnite, League of Legends, PUBG, Rainbow Six, Apex, Valorant, and then Overwatch as the games that this tournament will be playing. So, out of those games, I want to ask you: What team do you think that will do the best? What professional team from which? Uh, which game?
0: you're saying that these are these are they're going to be playing as
1: Overwatch players in Valorant. So they're going to be playing. All the, so there's eight teams playing seven different games. So the seven I just listed. Oh yeah. It's a crossover.
0: I thought that they were all just playing Valorant.
1: No, no, no. That's the thing. So they're all playing each other's games. They're going to play all seven of them.
0: Oh wow. That's actually pretty sick. I, 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 man, that, that sucks. I had that idea years ago. I wanted to do the ultimate gaming world championship. This is what that is. They're, they're going for it. Uh, wow. I, I don't. I don't know who's going to win. Uh, I would say that it's probably going to be one of like probably the the hardcore shooters. So, CS:GO, I'd say Counter Strike probably has to be the favorite. Uh, if if I look at
1: yeah, I would I would basically rank them like with you. I would think Counter Strike would be number one. Rainbow Six is interesting because that's a very slow tactical game, and there's a lot of like coordination and team play aspects. But uh, what do you think about the League of Legends team playing six shooting games?
0: I think they're out of their element here. Like, where's Dota? You know, obviously Dota's not going to be in there because Valorant is a Riot game. But I think League of Legends is just going to be kind of funny to watch because they're going to get wrecked. But they're going to be able to completely crush everyone playing uh, the other game. Like, when they play League of Legends. So, I don't know
1: so I, but, I saw this and the first thing i thought of was chess boxing do you remember that the no. ultimate test of of human uh competitiveness so the the conceit was you would play a game of chess and every 60 seconds you would have to jump in the ring and box the guy and whoever got checkmated or knocked out lost
0: oh that's amazing yeah
1: so yeah. it was like two kind of incongruent but you know mind body connection type of thing and i i saw this and i was like this is checks boxing, but for uh, for eSports. After. Yeah,
0: so uh, before the pod, I was, I did mention that I had something similar to this where I got, I got asked to go in and play for, uh, I think, News Station, KTLA, I think it was. And uh, I got to play poker, but then I also had to play StarCraft 2 because StarCraft 2 was coming out against StarCraft like the the StarCraft devs, I guess, essentially. Uh, and we, the, the, we, we were trying to figure out how, like, is how, how the skill cap is in StarCraft versus the skills cap in poker. And clearly in poker, the StarCraft players had some sort of shot. And in uh, StarCraft, we all got, like, I think I lost. I don't know if I built anything. <laughs> before before, like like, I, I guess one of the, the Starcraft devs they took a they had someone go in as like a scout very early and I pro- and just knew where I was right away and I died in like three minutes so it's it's definitely kind of funny to watch you know it'll be it'll be fun to watch especially all these other teams play League of Legends specifically
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Um, So that's going to be on ESPN's uh, eSports channel, Twitch.tv slash ESPN eSports.
0: That should just be on uh, ESPN. And if it's not, Uh ESPN needs to be making an eSports ESPN right now.
1: So it's funny you mentioned that. I don't know if you – I put this in our our run sheet here, but on the 5th of April, so a while ago, ESPN2 actually aired 12 straight hours of eSports competitions. So, it was mostly stuff like Madden and kind of stuff that might be more accessible to the audience, but they also had apparently some uh, Rocket League and a couple of other things. So, did you get a chance to check out ESPN 2's Esports Day?
0: I barely watch ESPN, anyways. Uh, I'll, I see more stuff on ESPN, you know, Instagram or something like that than I do yeah. on the actual, you know, TV.
1: So let me – this is kind of my my final question around this, but do you think we're going to see a dedicated esports channel being birthed from coronavirus? Do you think this is the start of mainstream televised esports?
0: Yeah, uh, I think that it's – it's not the start. I think it already was kind of happening. TBS had a Street Fighter. They had Rocket League. There were some other channels that maybe would have things on occasionally. But now it's like – they need to dedicate a specific channel to it create yeah. a channel asap get it going i think uh you wrote down something about g4 shout out g4 man yeah. that radio or that tv uh, cable channel was ahead of its freaking time just was
1: too early i know this would be g4 tv's moment they would be so rich right now Got but oh, uh oh man so what I was thinking about, and this might just be the kind of more the, the business mind I have, but like if you're Disney Plus right now and you have ESPN, would you just put like a Disney Plus channel basically that has esports? Like that would be perfect right now. You don't have to necessarily dedicate a whole ESPN cable channel to it, but you have a digital way to deliver content to every American basically. That's what yeah, I would- that-
0: that that's what I mean. Like, like going back to DraftKings, I feel like they are unintentionally pivoting. I think that a lot of uh the companies that are not necessarily closing their doors or, you know, have enough money to kind of keep going should or they're loosely affiliated with esports, should become tightly affiliated God. at this point. You know, really, really hone in on that because this is all we can do. If, honestly, if eSports wasn't built up that much right now, what the heck would we be watching on the internet? I don't even know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have no idea. Maybe just uh, you know, porn and uh, Bon Appetit's YouTube channel or something. There you go. So uh, do you have any other kind of thoughts about Valorant? I mean, it sounds like neither of us have a key, so we should definitely work on getting that. Twitch drop, hit us up. But uh, what are your kind of final thoughts on, on Valorant?
0: I mean, I'm – Seems like it's gonna be a pretty good game. it seems like it's been doing pretty well in the past week and a half that it's been out. Uh, uh, And I just think it's, riots seems to be making good moves.
1: Yeah, and I'll kind of build on that. So one interesting thread I was reading was with Riot's uh, head of developer relations, they're actually building in some sort of app store for um all of their properties, but specifically Valorant. So things like esports teams could have their own gear within the uh the like economy of the game that you could buy and wear. So you could have like a Cloud9 tunic or whatever in Valorant. Um would you think you would have uh would you ever spend money on some team sponsored gear in a in a game like that?
0: Uh no. I mean not, <laughs> but uh, like you're talking to the wrong guy. I mean, would yeah. I maybe buy someone within Rocket League? sure. Yeah. Uh, but I like I not magic, not poker, but yeah, I mean, probably
1: not. So what about having but, uh let's go back to magic. What about having your own vanity card back? You could have the ruthless magic card back to use in tournaments. So teams knew that you meant business. Is that something you would pay for?
0: Yeah. Also it's, it's a uh, marketing too. So yeah. it's a dual purpose. At least I, I would, I would pay for something like that.
1: Because that's what I'm fascinated by is, is the uh, economy of these games and kind of how they're developing. And I just read that article about, about Gene at Riot. It seems like they're really leaning into the idea of um, personal, not only gear and things like that, but also the apps that people use within their games. So I think that's really interesting from a business perspective to, to watch what Riot does there. Um, the last thing I want to ask you about is, uh, is Artifact and also how that contrasts with Runeterra, which is essentially the League of Legends card game that uh, uh, that Riot's making. So they're coming back in their next beta. You said you had a little bit of experience with Artifact. Could you just tell me a little bit about that? Yeah,
0: I mean, Artifact is basically the same as ma- – so it, it's like a card game, like Magic. Uh, instead of using five colors, it's four colors which I never really had thought about you know until I played artifact and realized that four colors just kind of isn't enough I don't think for uh, something like this like basically with, with artifact you need you needed to have like legends of these colors or draft like you know in order to play the cards in the like legends color
1: mm-hmm.
0: and is there, so there isn't really mana it's like Heartstone somewhere you would get like a a bead or gold every single turn it would creep up but the thing with artifact that i thought was really interesting was it used three boards so instead of using one you're playing me versus you right now we would you would swipe to the there'd be left right and and center and if you won two out of the three boards you won the game so or or if you dealt like 80 to some, so basically you had to, you had to, by winning a board, it would be 40. You'd have to get 40 points. And if you got one board, you were able to do it twice where you got 40 and then you got 80 on that same board, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. It would
0: double. Like, you know, how, like in Dota, they have the the ancients, I guess. Yeah. Or the temples or whatever. That's where you would be, you would be destroying. Well, the barracks so, in the
1: original game back when I was playing. Yeah.
0: But so... It was really interesting, like, saying, like, instead of in Magic, you have a card. Okay, I play it on this board because this is the only board. But in Dota, or sorry, in Artifact, you had to figure out if it was better for one of the three boards, you know, which is kind of complex and cool, but ultimately, like, it just, it just... I think there's a point where you have too many decisions where you become kind of... I don't necessarily think it's decision fatigue I think it's a little different but you do become fatigued by having to make all these decisions if that makes sense like like I I don't want to have to it's like too many too many things to think about I guess sometimes and it's like I just want to have a good like that that becomes less fun to me when I have too many things to think about it makes sense
1: yeah, I can definitely see that. So I, uh, I checked it out when it came out because I was obviously a fan of Dota back in the day. Um, I liked the kind of three-lane idea, right? It was like simulating a MOBA. But from a viewer's perspective, it was very disorienting to tell what was going on because, as you mentioned, you're constantly shifting these three lanes. There was some intention to make it an eSport. So do you think it has legs in this kind of new refined version where it's just the one screen and not the three? Oh, there's
0: I- not three screens?
1: Well, there's still the three lanes, but you're instead of switching perspectives, it's, it's more of an isometric view and you can see everything. Do you think that's going to help the kind of uh, adoptability there?
0: It might, but, man, it's just unfortunate when a game just – there's a lot of – the hype – the hype is 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 a real thing. Yeah. You either have it or you don't and once you lose it it's hard to regain it cuz you only get one chance to launch I guess. Yeah. So it's like not only are they now dealing with the lack of hype that they would have to try to build back again but they're also just dealing with all the people that are like yeah but the first artifact they're already low on artifact. You know it's not like they're it's just that that's the good thing about Valorant, like just you know about it. It's cool. You can't play it. It comes out, boom, uh, you know, right off the bat, people are
1: really liking it. But
0: Artifact is just it's it's going to be tough for them to recover, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you, which makes me just so curious why Riot is trying to basically make the same game, uh, and I I can't figure it out with with Runeterra, obviously. But uh, neither of those games are out, so we'll see.
0: Uh, I do think that riot just seems to have it, it it could just be the either the marketing wasn't very good for artifact, I don't know, or the way like the, the business model maybe wasn't that good or well, was the, definitely not good. or the um the research and development for creating cards wasn't that good. So know. there's a lot of things that just like that that could be issues or like like I said. I thought four colors just made it kind of, uh, simplified things.
1: Maybe?
0: Yeah. Where it's like, so, so think about it. When you have four colors, you go, it was like red, green, blue and black or something. So you could only go, you know, so many like that not many combos when you have five. Now it's a lot more combos of different colors. So now the cards are kind of like losing its appeal. In a, in a sl- uh, Because you, you, every, it's felt like after drafting, I was just doing the same draft every single time. Like I'm going these. And also one of the colors was kind of just not good. So we all just were now we're just using black, green, and blue. Every time we decide to play, it's like this gets boring fast.
1: Yeah, that was kind of my uh, my assessment as well, is that like they pushed towards that draft mode because that's how they were going to make money, but they didn't really put enough thought into making the game and the cards different and interesting enough.
0: Which well, is weird because allegedly Richard Garfield, who created Magic the Freaking yeah. Gathering, was associated with it.
1: Who knows how associated with it he was. I mean, yeah, I, mean I, know. I could say Barack Obama is associated with his podcast and that's true because I voted for him six years ago. Barack
0: Obama follows the internet on Twitter. There's like, So maybe like you, someone who follows him is just, you know, they're good friends. Cause
1: yeah, I have no idea, but it didn't even feel like magic from what I remember looking at. Um, anyway, so it sounds like we're, we're definitely buying Valorant, potentially selling artifact and uh, I'm certainly buying Warzone. Anything else you're super excited about? Uh,
0: I mean, I'm excited to see where Rocket League, uh, you know, uh, uh, just more Rocket League.
1: Jeez, man. Well, I'm sorry. I'm taking you away from Rocket League with, uh, with all that how stuff. dare you. So our our ending point here is you wanted to kind of talk about our favorite games of all time, which is, I think, nice for our, our first episode here. So I'll kick yeah. it to you. What's, what's your favorite game of all time and why?
0: Uh, well, I'd say that if you, so, there are two games I already mentioned. I'd say Magic and Rocket League are definitely like up there, and I think Mario Kart '64 is just specifically like the best Nintendo game I've ever played. I, I ran a freaking Mario Kart tournament in ninth grade. Like I, uh, I was able to get my, uh, two TVs connected together, and, and we had two sorry two TVs. Two Nintendo 64s. I had 16 people over my house. Yeah, I won the tournament, but we we played the entire day on a Sunday or something, and it was just it was just so sick. I I think it was just a really well made game. See, that's the thing. Mario Kart has a good element of luck. Yeah, you can be skillful in it, but you get hit by that blue shell, it'll fuck up your you know race. So. That I mean, only hits
1: the first place player. So if you're getting hit by that, you're probably, uh, you know, you can, you can absorb it.
0: Yeah. But like if you get hit and it's the third lap and there are people right behind you who are just as good, who then now you're way behind like that, that kind of, that's the luck element. I like yeah. that. A bit.
1: Interesting. So uh, to close. What about out? you? I'd say, you know, my favorite game is is getting a sequel pretty soon. It would be Diablo 2. Now, for me, like you, I have a a pretty ADD mind, but for some reason that – Wait, uh,
0: I think Diablo 2 is the sequel.
1: Well, yes, Diablo 3 would be the (laughs) sequel. Diablo 4 is coming out. Watch the trailer. It looks sick. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm a sucker for that loot grind. I just love the progression. I love seeing numbers get bigger. And as a, like, 10-year-old or whatever that came out, that really captured me. But I think the game that most prepared me for what we're talking about today was Halo. Because Halo, if you had sick Halo game, you had uh, value as an individual, as a person in my middle school and high school. <laughs> like that was the yardstick more than like high school sports or anything that like at least my friend group judged each other by. And I feel like that just prepared me so well for the gaming economy of today where like as you were saying, you're not just competing against your friends, you're competing against the world. Everything is quantified. You have a ranking with everything. Um, and I think there's a lot of fun to be gleaned from that and it's also pretty overwhelming. And sometimes I miss, uh, you know, the N64 days where the only people you can lose to or beat were in the room with you. But
0: Yeah. It can be deflating when you just want to be good at a game and then all you, all that's really happening is you're, you're just not that good because you're yeah. on the internet compared to just your friends.
1: Yeah. So awesome. it seems like we're about the end here, so uh, final thoughts time. Do you have any final thoughts to share with uh, the podcast world out there?
0: I think it'll be really interesting to see the next uh, few weeks with Valorant and, like we you, you already said, the way that things are going with eSports and quarantine. And uh, I think there's going to be some interesting, you know, games popping up. Animal Crossing is already crushing I don't know it'll be interesting to see how things are Animal Crossing is really interesting because that is a great crossover for women like yeah, oh, yeah obviously some women may play some of these games they're isolated like like I'm sure they're definitely League of Legends pro gamers or something that are women for sure, yeah. but Animal Crossing I wouldn't be surprised if it's mostly women that play that game and it seems like they're obsessed
1: someone told me that animal crossing is like, if you took a generation one Pokemon game and stripped the fun out, I don't know if that's true. But that's <laughs> it doesn't it was... look fun
0: to me. But... Yeah. It
1: doesn't to me either. But I mean, the, the chick magnet thing is, is definitely true. There are, let's not like kid ourselves. There are tons of women that enjoy uh video games at all levels. That's true. But there is a huge number of females. I know that do not like to do games and love animal crossing. So you're spot on there. Yeah yeah so my final thought is obviously you know everyone stay safe stay inside grind some good esports uh join me on warzone black seal one it's not my playstation name but that's what we're playing on um yeah so i can fight to say i did it all right yeah i don't want to see you win
0: put you down to keep you in yeah i've been working for a minute yeah so i can fight the say i
1: Meta is recorded in sunny San Francisco and Los Angeles, California. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Ruthless and me at Patrick Darby. Music by Frax.